And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast with Davey Wispin and Mickey Brennan and Davey, on last week's podcast we were previewing this week and there was a lot of games between Saturday and Sunday um, actually I think most of them were on on Saturday and then we had the minor hurlers, they were out uh, during the week, which we'll come to now in a minute, that didn't go ahead and whatever but uh, yeah, a manic Saturday um, and disappointment for the minor footballers and disappointment for the ladies, but a really good showing there as well. But the hurlers came out and they redeemed themselves with a with a great victory over Kerry. Yeah, I was actually chatting to me secretary Maria Delaney after the hurling game, Mickey, and uh, she was just saying that you would have got some price on the Mead hurlers being the only team Mead team to win that weekend. You know, between the ladies, yeah. minor footballers, and the hurlers. But thankfully, they saved the Saturday. Yeah, I suppose. Um, the, the minor footballers, seven-point defeat probably looks harsh. Um, when you look back on the game, I think there's no complaints. Derry were by far the, the better side in that, but Mead led with about 15 minutes to go in that game, and you know the, the goal for Derry was the catalyst, and that really kicked them on, and they went on to kind of see the game out comfortably enough in the end. Um, the ladies put up an excellent show, and, and make no mistake, that scoreline, they had a goal disallowed, they hit the crossbar, had a couple of other opportunities, they really could have won that game against Cork, which I suppose it just emphasises again or illustrates how far this team has come in the last 12 to 18 months. It's been remarkable. They continue to improve and uh, yeah, they'll take great uh, great heart from that performance. And then obviously the hurlers, Mickey, incredible result. Um, yeah. And I, I can't tell you how, how pleased I am for them, for Nick, for the management team. They've had to contend with all sorts of going-ons in, in the last number of weeks and, you know, the, the beatings they took in the National League and then the performance they gave up in Ballycran. Um, it was no more an eight-point game than whatever, but they, they kept the heads up and they came out yesterday with, with a bit of support behind them in a game in which they knew they had to win by a certain amount, but first and foremost, win it. And that's their first ever Joe McDonough win in three years. I think first win in 12 games in the Joe McDonough. And to come against the side like Kerry, was was remarkable. They've been the scourge of Mead for the last two or three years, you know, at this stage. So I'm um, delighted for them and they'll take great um, heart into that relegation game against Kildare next weekend. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it back to uh, midweek, Davey, where the minor hurlers were due to be playing against Antrim, but uh, due to a, a COVID outbreak, um, I believe, in the Antrim camp, 
the media were given the walkover, which now sees them through to a quarter final of the Leinster uh, uh, hurling championship, which is absolutely fantastic. They're going to take on uh, Dublin on Wednesday evening, and it's a home game. It's in Park Tolchin. Well, it says a Navin venue. I presume it's not going to be in uh, Paddy O'Brien Park or in Simonstown. It's going to be in uh, Park Tolchin, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it'll be good to like, really good test for them, I suppose. Um, this is the quarterfinal proper now. I suppose we we speculated last week where it was at, but yeah, they probably were all geared up to play the game. I think it was pulled at the eleventh hour, to be honest with you. But it just shows that this this pandemic or this um, this virus is still a real thing, and the fact that you know a game had to be pulled and the side had to forfeit the game just probably. It's a bit of a sickener for for Antrim, but it's Mead's benefit. And as you say, Mickey, they have a home game again. There'll be there'll be spectators at it, so it's a great opportunity to pit ourselves against one of the best in Leinster, if not the country. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and you you hit the nail on the head there. Like it's it's it is still here. And you know, like when you see a minor team being pulled um, due to a COVID outbreak, it just shows you that uh, you know we we still have to be vigilant and whatever. It's great that we're all everywhere is opening up and. You know, we have people back at football matches and hurling matches. It's absolutely fantastic. But we still have to be, you know, a little bit sensible about the whole thing. And uh, due to whatever happened in the Antrim camp, it is me to go through. They face Dublin, as we said, in Park Colchon on uh, Wednesday evening. And they will be facing, uh, the winner of that game will be facing the winner of Kildare and Wexford in the opposite quarter final. Um, and already the semi-final uh, uh, pairing of Kilkenny and Offaly has been fixed and then the two quarterfinals obviously as we say Kildare and Wexford Mead and Dublin will face off each other against each other the following Wednesday so um, yeah wouldn't it be brilliant if the lads could uh, get a win against uh, the, the, the might of Dublin because you know uh, they, they've they've really come on in, in recent years in the hurling end of things as well Davy. They have they're making huge strides and I think a couple of results maybe like like the lads had in the Joe McDonough Yesterday will only bode well for the future um, and the, the under-18s and, and 20 teams coming through. It's great to see. Well, speaking of the Joe McDonough, uh, seamless link into that game. Mead, 28 points. Kerry, 121. We really took the kingdom down. And uh, this game was played on Saturday evening in Park Tolchin. And yeah, like, Davey, you were there. And in fairness... Um, Nothing less than what the lads deserved. An absolutely colossal display. And funnily enough, the last gas point, the meet were five points up. Um, and it was Kerry, I believe, that got, again, you, you'll fill me in if I'm wrong on this, but they scored a, a last-ditch point at the very end of the game with a free. Um, that free meant that they, they ended up on the same score difference as down. But because they had more scores, more goals scored than down in the Joe McDonough, they went through to the final of the Joe McDonough Cup, which was absolutely amazing. That 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 last gas point, even in a four point loss for Kerry, was enough. It was the catalyst to get them through to the Joe McDonough final. Yeah, confusion reigned, I suppose, all over Park Tolton at the final whistle on Saturday evening, as uh, as light was fading drastically, but. Kerry had no idea, and I think that probably speaks volumes of where their psyche was at going into the game. They didn't even consider it being a possibility. They thought it was just a foregone conclusion that they'd come down and, and steamroll this Mead team, and that's not what happened. Mead were right up from, from minute one, started the game incredibly strong. Kerry got into it. Shane Conway, um, absolutely terrific player, hit freeze from left, right and centre. It was a little bit repetitive in Mead's sense. They gave away too many frees like they did up and down against Ballycran. 
But in the second half, that was completely eradicated from the Mead game. And suddenly the scores and handy freeze and everything like that, they dried up for Kerry. And Mead got a real purple patch. They, they stormed home. Like they absolutely, you know, um, stormed to the finish line. 28 points they put up. 10 points from play from the full forward line. Incredible. Paddy Keneally was sensational. Jack Regan on the 40, 11 points. He had a plethora of frees, 65s, balls from play. He even had a sideline cut, which was an astonishing score. Absolutely brilliant. He was, he was fantastic on the night. Um, but as you say, the, the last free um, from Porrick Boyle was about 65 metres out. It was six or seven min- minutes into injury time. We didn't realise the importance of it at the time. But some people from Kerry did because there was a massive roar when it went over. But then, you know, the, the Kerry media in the press box, the, the radio and, and press guys, they weren't sure at all what, what it came down to because obviously you can't go head-to-head because there's only three teams in the competition because they all yeah. each other, essentially. They were level on scores with two points each and there was people reporting that Kerry were out and stuff. And uh, thankfully for them, they scraped through on goal, scored Mickey. They had one goal more than down. Um, which was the difference. And that was obviously the goal they scored in the first half against Mead. Um, but but taking it back to ourselves, I mean, like what a performance from the lads. It's it's arguably the best performance we've seen from this Mead team since they won the Christie Ring Cup a couple of years ago, I would have said. Um, and it's their first win in something like 12 games in the Joe McDonough. That's a three-year stint. And uh, right, it, it wasn't enough. It almost was. Like we had, we had a five-point lead. And had yeah. it been eight points, we would have avoided that relegation playoff. But it wasn't to be. There was a couple of goal chances in there. Jack Regan had a penalty stopped, which he won't like me reminding him of again. But uh, that was only a slight blot on, on an otherwise flawless copybook from Mr. Regan on the night. Yeah, well, uh, we will be doing a full review of that game on our Loyal Royals Patreon service. Um, it's Patreon forward slash We Are Mead, where we have interviews there with the Mead manager, Nick Weir, and Jaxie Regan. What that result means is that uh, either well a loss for me that was always going to put them into the relegation battle they will be playing Kildare and if that's going to be on next weekend on either the Saturday or the Sunday we're not sure I presume it'll be on Saturday um, it is against Kildare and venue to be decided um, and I suppose the, 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 the thing about that game the, the relevance of it is that they're going in on the back of a, a really good win against a really good team Absolutely now Kildare are are absolutely no shrinking violets by any manner means a good friend of mine plays for Westmead they come up against them on Saturday and Kildare put them to the pin in their collar there was only a point in it I think it was uh, 123 to Westmead 219 to, to Kildare so they're they're a really quality side Nick Weir actually you'll hear from on the Loyal Royals podcast but he was at that game had a look at it and he was very impressed with Kildare so that's going to be a, a, a real enticing battle. And it goes back to like Antrim were relegated from the All-Ireland yesterday as well, right? Back down to the Joe McDonough for next year. They've made incredible progress. They're going to be a Division 1 team next year in the league. Um, they've beaten the likes of Wexford, Clare this year to, to name but a few. But Leash put them back down yesterday. And there was a big fallout from that, you know. And the, the ultimate kind of line was that you need to be competing against the better sides. And no disrespect to the Christie Ring Cup. However, it's not... It's not the Joe McDonough. The Joe McDonough's filled the quality. You're going to have Antrim coming down, more than likely awfully coming up from the Christie ring this year. You're going to have all but one of Westmead and Kerry in it next year as well. So from a Mead standpoint, that's the competition you need to be in to progress yeah. and to be getting better, to be, to be playing the better sides. You can't be a yo-yo team going up and down between Christie ring and Joe McDonough year in, year out. 
Yeah, we do wish Nick Weir the very best luck next weekend when they take on Kildare in that relegation battle. And, of course, the minor hurlers this week uh, when they take on Dublin and Park Tolchin on uh, Wednesday evening. Um, moving on, Davey, the minor footballers, um, they were out in the All-Ireland semi-final against Newry, or sorry, against Derry in Newry on Saturday afternoon and uh, just came up a little bit short. 114 to Derry, 170 to Meath. A draw at halftime, four points apiece. An own frame goal early in the second half put two points between the teams. It was one four to five points in in favour of Mead at that stage. But Derry, they, 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 the final quarter is where they did their damage. Yeah, it was a shame because when when we got the goal through Frainer, you know that put us a couple of points up. But we never really kicked on, to be honest with you. And and credit to Derry for that. You know they came rip roaring back and. They, they got a goal, which was a defensive lapse uh, for Mead, in fairness, almost immediately after it. And, you know, they never really looked back after that. Um, and and that was that was probably the the biggest shame for me. It was Dan Higgins, the big midfielder, who got the goal. I suppose losing Conor Gray after 10 minutes was a massive loss. He was carrying an injury into the game, Mickey, um, an ankle injury, and that didn't hold up. And unfortunately, he had to be withdrawn. And you lose his physicality and his presence in the middle of the field. Derry are quite a big side, as we knew, yeah. going into the game. You know, really physical. And and credit to Mead for long parts of the first half, they managed to contend with that. But it was only probably, as you say, midway through the second half when Derry, you know, stamped their authority and their influence on the game, particularly in the middle third. You know, there was some fantastic fetches, and and Mead struggled to live with it, to be honest. And um, it was probably just a case of running out of steam and credit to Derry. They were the better side. They finished strongly. They, they hit some awful first half wides, which otherwise would have seen them in front of the break. You know, it was four apiece. And Mead did well to be only four apiece at the break. But again, defensively, Mead were sensational for long parts of this game. Um, it was it was our defensive efforts that probably kept us within arm length, arm's length of Derry. But um, look, at ultimately, the, the better side won. Mead can look back and they will look back. I know they were, they were desperately disappointed. I've never seen a dressing room as gutted as, as that one. And it probably is just a consequence of them being together for so long and they realizing that this is actually the end of it now. You know, they've been soldiering together for the last two years or if you want to look further down the last four or five years. But they all have incredibly bright futures for the mid-20s, mid-seniors. Some of them are going to be involved with the 20s now next Thursday night. Um and, and others are going to be dropping back down to play with this minor team. So they have they have great um, great futures ahead, and they can look back on their campaign with with immense pride. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, and and, and we are so proud of uh, John McCarthy and his lads, and um, they've given us great joy this year. And what a team! I suppose very hard to come back from the lo- the loss of of Connor Gray. He's been exceptional in the middle of the field uh, uh, for this minor team, Davy. Yeah, and he was the senior figure in there. You know, Sean Emmanuel is is still a minor for this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, losing him was always going to be difficult. And we didn't have a like-for-like replacement for Conor Gray, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, there was a little bit of tweaking. I think Mark Coffey went into the middle third as well to try and assist Sean Emmanuel. But, yeah, it, it was just one of those. And, you know, Dan Higgins and, um, and Patrick O'Kane's influence only grew after that, you know. Um, I have to say Matthew Downey on the 40 was brilliant as well for Derry. He contributed eight points in all. Um, really, really classy display. And they probably curtailed the Mead forwards' influence as well. You know, they, they'd had their homework done um, and, and they did it well, to be fair. And there's no complaints. As you'll hear from John McCarthy and the Loyal Royals, he just said, 
look at better side one we have no complaints and that that was it yeah, we'll be doing another full review of the minor All-Ireland semi-final against Derry um, on our Patreon service, the Loyal Royals podcast, uh, with interviews with John McCarthy and Adam McDonald after the game, the, the Summerhill um, youngster there. Um, Davey, um, moving on then um, to the ladies. The ladies were taken on Cork in their first senior outing in quite a number of years in senior championship. This game played in Burr on Saturday as well, the coldest town in Ireland. And uh, <laughs> I'm always going to say that. And you know, Mead came up coming up against maybe the, the 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 second best team in the country. You know, didn't do uh, didn't uh, shame themselves at all. One nine to Cork, ten points to Mead, and Mead with a a host of chances and, and a couple of shots that were deflected then went over the bar and stuff like, you know, um, we spoke about it last week. We don't think this be, uh, lead, ladies team is going to fear anybody because they're just getting better and better as they go along. Yeah, and they continue to do that. I mean, this was the ultimate, I suppose, acid test for this Mead team. Mm. We sort of knew where the rack going into it. But you, you look at the form guide, right? And, and look at what Mead did to Kerry in the National League final. Kerry went and played Galway, another giant of, of ladies football in Ireland uh, at the weekend and were only beaten by a point. So that was a really good omen for Mead going into this game. And full credit to Mead, you know, they, they performed extremely well. The, the scoreline by no means flatters them. If anything, it probably flatters Cork a bit. Um, Mead had a goal disallowed in the first half at a really crucial stage. Then they hit the crossbar and then they concede the goal to Breed O'Sullivan. And you find yourself... You know, I think four points down at, at the break, was it? And, um, yeah, you know, it came out second half again, gave an excellent account of themselves. And uh, Stacey Grimes hit five points on the day. Emma Duggan got a couple too. And uh, th- there was only one change for me, which I found interesting. You know, in the modern game, you often see like a host of changes, maybe six, seven, depending on the way it goes. Mead only made one. And what that probably tells me is that Eamon Murray and his management team were so happy by the way his troops were uh, acquitting themselves that they decided to leave it as it was and um, you know I think Megan Thine was the only substitute to be introduced in that second half and uh, yeah look at it it's, it's one of those um, unfortunately they, they're beaten but they have a great opportunity now to regroup in uh, in two weeks time when they play Tipperary and that's a really winnable game Tipperary obviously not going all that well this year and uh, Mead they'll have their tails up and if they can get a win they're, they're back in a good position yeah, they really are, and again, you know, great, great performances from 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 the likes of McGurk and goals as well. And um, you know, one on one towards the end, saving that one on one chance. But but Mead again having their, their their chances as well to win this game. Like I'd say, Eamon Murray is 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 absolutely over the moon. Um, the fact that Mead were able to come up just two points shy of, of Cork and they gave them their fill of it and, and, and if it wasn't for uh, Finn and goals as well for, for or sorry O'Brien and goals for Cork as well you know it could have been a different story yeah yeah exactly and this Mead team have been carving out a number of goal chances you know and unfortunately it just it, it wasn't to be you know we've seen the number they've ran in in that National League they had their chances but Fairness to Cork, they're a real season outfit. They are, as you say, Mickey, the number number two side in, in the country for a reason. And they used all their experience and now to just see that game out. But they'll know they were in a battle. And um, I, I just think this speaks volumes for where me they're at and, and where they're yeah. trying to get to. Um, but ultimately, as we said sort of last week, 
the Tipperary game is massive, you know, in terms of getting a result. That's brilliant. We put in a, another good performance, but the Tipperary game is paramount. We get a result because otherwise, you know, it's the loser. That's probably going to be in a relegation uh, playoff. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And 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 we really do wish Eamon Murray and, and the ladies the very best of luck when they take on Tipperary in two weeks' time. But we'll be previewing that on next week's show. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coyne & Sons, your authorised automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we'll move on now to results and fixtures and I suppose we'll start with the results from the Talton Cup uh, last Wednesday night. So the first one I have up there is Clonard, 2-6 St Mary's, 5 goals and 15 and that's a really huge win there for St Mary's. Now, we usually have our prediction sheets with us to um, go through and see how we did. This week, Davey, I, I, I'm away, so I, I don't have them with me. So what we'll do is we'll add up our scores next week and see how badly you got on this week. Um, moving on to the next game in Group B is Kilmainham Wood and Boards Mill. And Boards Mill, the away team, coming away with the victory here, 219 to 210. And then uh, in the final game in Group B, it was Cork Town 310, uh, Drum 115, and four-point win for uh, Davy Rispin's side. And uh, Davy... Um, just judging by social media posts, uh, caught him. We're happy about the victory. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, do you know what, Mickey? Doesn't matter if it's a relegation playoff, a championship quarter final, a league final, or a meaningless cup game. By Jesus, it never gets old to beat them lads. <laughs> <laughs> Great feeling. Um, yeah, thirteen scores to fifteen. Obviously, Drum Country getting fifteen points, and and that, that's a big tally that they've put up for the. Um, the biggest tally they put up this year, I'd say. Um, the goals won the games for you. Won the game for you at the end of the day. Yeah, three in the second half. Now, bear in mind, we had a man sent off before half time, so we played the whole of the second half with with fourteen men, and we only led by six points to five at the at the halftime interval. So we were delighted with our second half performance. To be honest, which had Drumcondred much improved. We were missing about nine or ten players through injury, so it didn't look great for us at at half time. To be honest with you, but. We we just managed to play that bit more direct. We got in behind them, and I think overall the 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 quality came to the fore in the end. And uh, we'll move on now to Group A, and uh, we will look through the tables next week. Um, St Bridget's six eleven, Kilbride two nineteen. What a win there for St Bridget's! We'll come back to that in a second, Davy. Karen Ross eight points, St Vincent's one ten, Dunsany nineteen points, Castletown two fourteen, a one point victory for Castletown. Uh, St Dalton's eighteen points. And Minalty, 13 points, a, a, a win for the noisy neighbours there, Davy Rispin, uh, over Minalty. But um, I suppose the one that we have to look at there is St. Bridget's and Kilbride. St. Bridget's on a high, absolutely flying at the moment, 6-11 to 2-19. And Joe Blake on the score sheet once again. Yeah, 3-5 for Mr. Blake on the night. And uh, I was greeted with a, an Instagram DM from Alan Moore and Michael Flood 
after the game, the two boys were sitting in a beer garden somewhere and they said, you'll pick us on the podcast next week. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> do you know what? It's, it's a fantastic story. Um, they're going brilliantly. I think that's that's obviously the huge win now that they've been looking for Kilbride have fallen off a little bit in the last few weeks, but take nothing away from the Bridgets. You know, they've been they've been sensational to score six goals in a game um, and need every single one of them, by the way. Yeah. W- was absolutely fantastic. Their first three scores of the game were goals. So it was something like Kilbride eight points, Kil- uh, St. Bridget's three goals and no points after 15 or 20 minutes. It was mad. But uh, they did start to tag on a few scores in the end. And uh, yeah, what a result. I'm delighted for them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And and uh, looking down there, Dunsany Castletown, we spoke about that game last week, 19 scores to 16, but again, Castletown, two goals, getting the victory there. When we spoke about this and we previewed this game last week, I was saying it was whose who's need was greater. And Castletown, I felt, you know, because of the pressure that's been heaped on them recently, coming down from being a semi-finalist in the intermediate to all of a sudden being down in junior and having lost a, a game or two, this was a huge game that Castletown needed to win and they got the victory by, by hook or by crook. They won that game by a point, but Dunsany, 19 points as well on the scoreboard. Yeah, Dunsany modelling their new jerseys, uh, sponsored by by Terrorizer. He's a he's a YouTube sensation. Um, originally from Dunsany, I was living in Dunsany for a few years. That's an unbelievable sponsorship to get and uh, jerseys look class. Unfortunately for them, their debut didn't go all that well in them. But you know what? It, these are going to be two of the protagonists in this year's junior championship. And I think the Omens are good if they meet again. That that seemed to be a real high quality contest. And you're right, Mickey, Castletown, there was real questions asked of them going into this game. They, they did come out with the answers. But I think what it does show is nothing's going to be handed to them in this junior championship. If they meet, <laughs> yeah. you know, a Dunsany, a Kilbride, a Karen Ross, a Vincent's again, they're going to be put put up to it. Like, you know, and... and I think they're aware of that now and they'll, they'll be fully knowledgeable about what the Junior Championship is going into it on the back of this Talton Cup Group A campaign. Yeah, they will. They've, they've definitely got a rude awakening in, in, in Group A of the Talton Cup and they will know what the Junior Championship is all about after that. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn Placing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Moving on now to the Cornabonia, the Intermediate Cup. Uh, Bechtov, 6-10. Moila, 2 goals and 12. Drumbara, 2-19. Longwood, 1-14. Kilmainham, 1-4. And Trim, the front runners uh, so far this year, 4 goals and 16. And uh, we'll, we, we'll pick out some fixture, some some results after I go through all of them, Davy. maybe. Um, Clonna Gale, 3-9. Blackhall Gales, 10 points. Kenny 13. Julique Bellustin, 3-13. St. Pat's, 2-12. Waterstown 115 a draw. Uh, and then in group A, Bliver 37, Nobber 28, Ballonlock 110, Sidden 6 points, Meath Hill 14 points, St. Michael's 2 9. I suppose you could probably go through every single one of them results, Davy. 
<laughs> yeah, I suppose the one that really sticks out is is that one in Group A between Mead Hill and St Michael's, and and a one point win for St Michael's. Seeing them through, that group has now concluded because it's it's the smaller of the the groups, I think. So, um, they're obviously going to be in a semi final, um, the Michaels where they're going to play, uh, I think Trim in 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 a few weeks' time, which is a really appetizing semi final pairing. Um, but full credit to them. I know they weren't at full strength. And, you know, we've spoken up Mead Hill here in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, there are two sides that are going to be dip, bang there or thereabouts in, in the championship as well. I don't think Martin McGovern and Mead Hill will be too worried about it. They'll be disappointed that they didn't win and, and obviously get through. Um, but but they'll they'll look back on it and they'll be happy enough with their campaign thus far. But for St. Michael's and, and Davy Wright there, they'll be they'll be thrilled with that full hundred percent record still intact on the back of that really um it was the hardest challenge today, obviously against Mead Hill and the Cope, but all the yeah. right answers. Um, Ballinlock getting their victory against Sidden. That was one that we kind of were, were looking at going, it's going to be a hard one to call, but a convincing victory there, 110 to 6. Uh, looking down through the Tom Gale getting the victory over Blackhall Gales. We thought that Blackhall Gales were way too much firepower, but Black, in fairness to Tom Gale, kept him to 10 points. Yeah, so no Alan Nestor. He's he's out with a groin injury at the minute. So that would have been a big loss to, to Blackhall Gales. I think they're struggling to to contend with the hurling and football. Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. We spoke about this a number of weeks ago. Blackhall are one of the clubs that have a huge crossover. They don't have the luxury of being able to put out two different teams. You so added Clannagale. So with Clannagale, yeah. And and Clannagale have had to contend with injuries up to now. Um but Blackhall in particular, I think they're ravaged at the moment and they have Premier Championship and all sorts of other things going on too. So um, they'll want to try and nurse those guys back to health for the uh, Intermediate Championship. They started this campaign really well and they've sort of gone off the wagon in the last couple of weeks. But fair play to Glenagill, you know, credit where it's due. They've had a really tough start to 2021, yeah. but that's a really uh, big and morale boosting win for them. Yeah, a huge statement of intent by Delete Bellusin beating Rakenny by nine points. St. Pat's and Waterstown drawn. Um, that's an interesting one as well. Um, we thought that maybe St. Pat's would have a little bit too much maybe in the armour for them and Waterstown working off a smaller number maybe. But a really good result there for them. And then when you go into the, the Group C, I suppose you look at it, Trim annihilating uh, Kilmainham um, for the second time. In in, 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 in in the space of a year mm. and then Bechtov hitting six goals against Moila um, they really are Jekyll and Hyde they are yeah yeah they are absolutely when they're hot they're hot and when they're not they're not um, but yeah great great win for them putting up six goals trim just again rubber stamping their credentials in this year I think they, they're going to take some stop and um, and Rabara back to back wins I suppose for the first time this year you know on the back of that brilliant win over Bechtov last week they follow that up by with another comprehensive enough win. So um, they'll be happy with that and they'll want to finish this cup campaign, campaign strongly going into championship. Yeah, moving on now to the Fresh Cup. I'm going to start with Group B. Screen 1-9, Wolf Tones 2-13. Rathout 1-17, Nafina 8 points. So Rathout back to winning ways. Uh, so Column Kills 1-12, Centralstown 1-14. I think um, you may have gone for uh, Centralstown in that one, if I remember correctly. Or did we have all the same in the Fresh Cup? Look, we'll look at that next week. Uh, the Simonstown Balnebracky game was off. I think it was due to some visa irregularities from the lads, the foreign lads there, over from from that way down across the the, the three day camel ride. It is down to Balnebracky, but uh, we'll have to get on 
to uh, our friend there, um, Kevin Coyne, and find out if they've got their um, visas sorted for the for, for the return leg in Simonson. Davy, it's it's something that these lads should be thinking of when they are going to be travelling so far for a game. Yeah, particularly with the COVID protocols as well. They have to quarantine for two days now when they reach uh, any any other part of Mead, uh, shall we say. So uh, <laughs> it's a shame it was called off. Actually, there's another game before we go on that was called off at the last minute was Old Castle and Dundry in the intermediate. Yes. And this is as a consequence. Dundry are getting work on their pitch done, right? So all their home games have now been forfeited for the cup competition. So the game was in Old Castle. However, on the server... Um, I think it was shown as a home game for Dundry. So referee Joey Curley landed at Dundry and I think he was the only man on the planet in Dundry on, on Wednesday evening when both teams were ready and raring to go on the pitch at quarter to eight in Oldcastle. So that game was called off, um, you know, as a result. So we'll wait and see when that might be refixed for. But yeah, that's another one that... <laughs> That, 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 spectacular that, circumstances, yeah. Yeah, and, and it would have taken him, God, from Trim to Oldcastle. That would take you a good 45 minutes, maybe an hour. So by the time you would have got there, it would have been half eight, nine o'clock. Um, you couldn't be playing football at that time of the night. Jesus Christ, boys, you couldn't be at that. Moving on to uh, uh, Group A of the Fesh Cup. Uh, Dunhamore Ashburn, 2-8, Summerhill, 4-10. So Summerhill have, uh, I suppose, uh, stopped the tide and, 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 and you know got two wins in a row there, starting to make championship moves, maybe. Uh, so Peter's done buying a huge victory over Navin O'Matney's 5-14 to 8 points. Gail Column Kill 4-11, Dunshocklin 1-17, and a bit of a scare there for Gail Column Kill, needing all of those goals, every single one of them to beat Dunshocklin in a high-scoring game there. Curaha 10 points, and uh, Mynalvi 1-16. So, Davey, no real surprises there, other than Gail Column Kill got a bit of a shock from Dunshocklin. Yeah, they did, but they're back to winning ways, I suppose. That was the that was the main objective of this week for, for Gail Conkill, was to put that Summerhill result behind them, and full credit to them, they did that. Dunshocklin are going to benefit from getting five or six under 20 and minors back in the next few weeks, which is going yeah. to be a huge carrot for them. They've had a really difficult start to the campaign, but they're safe in the knowledge that they will have those back. They'll be sweating on the fitness of Conor Gray now. Um, you know, he's obviously, they'll, they'll wait and see what the what the story is with him, but hopefully he won't be too bad. Um, good win from Manalvi. They've lost their last two or three games yeah. on the back of a really good start. Obviously against Curahad, they'd have been expected to win, but they did it well, nine-point win. And Summerhill, as you say, Mickey, a bit like Trumbara, um, in the intermediate, the benefit of, I suppose, getting a win and, and boosting the confidence, they've really carried that in. And that's a very impressive win over Dunham Ashburn, who have been going well in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again, similar to uh, some of the other teams that we've spoken about, a bit Jekyll and Hyde, a bit like Bechtel. You just don't know what you're going to get with Dunham Ashburn. They can go out and... When they're, when they're hot, they're hot. When they're not, they're not. So, um, But a good victory there for Summerhill. So that is the results from last week. Davey, you are going to go through the fixtures slowly, might I add, and I'm going to write down our predictions for the um, the upcoming fixtures um, of the Talton, Cornabonia and the Fesh Cup. Yeah, perfect, Mickey. So we'll start in the Talton Cup and um, the first game up next Wednesday night is a cracker between St. Vincent's and Unsaney, the old foes. Oh, oh St. Vincent's and Unsaney. So, St. Vincent's, we'll just write that in, and be Dunsany. And, Davey, uh, I suppose, Dunsany owes St. Vincent's one at this stage, don't they? Uh, do you know, um, yeah. 
and especially after the semi-final last year, and, and put up a really good score, and we're unlucky to come away uh, with a one-point loss last week. I'm going to go for a Dunsany victory here, Davey. I think, I, I think I'm going to go with Vincent's um, just home uh-huh. advantage. They're, they're almost at full throttle. Dunsany still have a couple of lads tied up with county commitments, so maybe just Vincent's at this point in time. Okay, you're going to go for that. And this is straight away, we've got a difference of opinion. That's great. Um, this is probably a game that'll be a little bit closer now than it would have been two or three weeks ago. It's Kilbride playing host to St. Ultons. Kilbride against the Ultons. And uh, St. Ultons flying at the moment. Kilbride starting to waver a little bit. <laughs> Whose need is greater in this one? I would say St. Dalton's would, with the experience, Kilbride coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a St. Dalton's victory here, Davey Risman. Interesting. I, I should stick with St. Dalton's after picking them last week, but I won't. Um, and I'll go Kilbride. Um, yeah, you, you couldn't do that two, two weeks in a row. No, two weeks in a row. That'd be scandalous. I'd be yeah. disowned. But uh, no, I, I'll go Kilbride, but I think it'll be tight, yeah. Um, Next one sure. up in... Group A is between, it's a local derby, by the way, and Larry McEntee's in charge of this one. Um, good to have a strong North Mead personality in charge of a game like this. It is um, Minolte versus Karna Ross. Minolte and Karna Ross. I'm going to go with the Karna Ross victory here. Yeah, I will as well. Still no Frank O'Reilly, but they still should have enough over a really struggling Minolte side. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. They've, they've really knocked it off the ground this year. Fair play. Um, next game and I think it is the last game in Group A it's a cracker between Castletown and St Bridget's an informed St Bridget's side uh, do you know what I'm 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 going to say Castletown are going to get a, get the victory here over St Bridget's but if, if if Joe Blake can knock in another three or four goals there's, there's no reason why they can't win uh, against uh, Castletown but I'm just going to say again when it comes to needs I think Castletown's need is a bit greater than St. Bridget's at the moment. Yeah, I was just going to say that if, if Bridget's first three scores of this game will be goals, they definitely have a chance again. But uh, no, I think I think you're right. Castletown are gunning for, for a place in the knockout stages of this and they'll, they'll be banking on a win here to get them through. I don't think it'll be easy. And again, it's another great test for St. Bridget's. They'd be worried if we were if we started picking them at this stage, they'd probably get concerned. So we'll, we'll stick to form and we'll pick Castletown. <laughs> Um, Group B, Mickey. Um, first game up is between the runaway leaders at the top of the group, Boards Mill. They host Slain. Boards Mill are playing Slain. Ah, uh, David, do you know what? I think Boards Mill have enough to get over Slain here. Yeah, so do I. I think this will be comfortable enough out in for, for the Boards Mill lads. No bother. So we both go for Boards Mill. Uh, next one up, interesting one. Between Drum Condrit and Clannard. Drum Condrit and Clannard. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Drum Condrit win here, Davy Rispin. I just, yeah, I'm going to say that they're going to get their first victory in, in quite some time. Yeah, I think they will as well. Uh, Clannard are struggling, beaten in the Premier Championship last weekend. Got a got a tight hammer and then against St Mary's last week. Um, so yeah, I think they'll continue with uh, with a win here. Excellent. Both of us going for a drum contract win there. Okay, then. Next one up is between St. Mary's and Kilmainham Wood. St. Mary's v. Kilmainham Wood. Now, this is an interesting one. St. Mary's really moving well at the moment. Kilmainham Wood. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to go for the young guns from St. Mary's. 
I think I am as well. Oh my god! <laughs> and I, th- I thought I was going to get one over here. I thought oh, he'd definitely pick Kilmain and Wood. Do you know what? They're a really good side. I know they're beating in the Premier Championship against a stronger and saney side, but they backed up the win over us with a comprehensive win then against Clonard. Kilmain and Wood are second in the group. And by right, we should probably be picking them. But I think they have a couple of injuries. Porrick Barber and I think David Russell went off injured last week. They'd be two losses if they're out of this week. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you and go with the Marys there. Home and <laughs> Both of us sticking with St. Marys. Okay, then, Davey. And the final game in the Talta Cup, Group B, is between St. Paul's and my own Corte. Yeah, St. Paul's, I think, um, will be beaten by Corte in here, Davey. I thought you, <laughs> I think you were worried there for a second. <laughs> I thought I'd definitely get one over you there, but yeah, no, look, needless to say. Yeah, we're both going to go for a quarter win over St. Paul's. Moving on. Moving on, and there's only one group in the Cornabonia left to be completed because that is the group with the A teams. The other two, yep. uh, A and B, have six teams, so they, they're all done and dusted at this stage. Um, so first game up in Group C is uh, a derby of sorts uh, between Longwood and Dundry. Yeah, you, you could say um, maybe. <laughs> Probably stretching um, it a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the, the Dundry victory here. Yeah, and and obviously Dundry have the benefit of not playing last week, which will actually suit because they're another dual club who who've probably been stretched in the last few weeks. So. Yeah. I know they were all prepped and ready to go, but that might actually be a blessing in disguise. Longwood not going well at all, and um, Dundry should win. Yeah, and they they know an awful lot about each other between you know football and the hurling. So, um, you know, don't be surprised if if, if this one ends up being a tight game. But I am going to go for the Dundee win. Yeah, um, again, runaway leaders trim take on Bechtif. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is a game that Bechtif are going to be up for, I think. But I I I can't see anything but a trim win here. Likewise, yeah. Okay. Um, next one up is the North Mead Derby between Moila and they play host to Drumbara Emmet. Moila and Drumbara Emmet. Um, do you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to go for a Drumbara win here, Davy Rissman. Yeah, I will as well to make a three on the spin. Okay. Uh, next one up is in Millbrook on Wednesday evening and it's the final game in the Talton Cup next week and it is between Oldcastle and Kilmainham. Oldcastle and Kilmainham and uh, I think at this stage you know Oldcastle will get the victory Kilmainham just after that look they'll be reeling after that uh, last trim it was a, it was a tight hiding they took 4-8-16 I think it was to 1-4 but I can't see anything other than Oldcastle with victory here but Kilmainham will have to come out fighting after that loss for sure but I, I'd agree with you I think Oldcastle will have too too much in hand yeah, and there will be the refixed game of Dundry and Oldcastle be played in, in, in that group as well, whenever that is. I think it's down for maybe the 7th of June. Well, it was down for the 7th of July, but it, it has to be refixed, obviously. Um, yeah, we'll figure out when that one is going to be uh, played. Um, so that's the Cornabonia sort of Davy. Then we're going on to the Fesh Cup. Fesh Cup Group A in Paddy O'Brien Park on Wednesday evening. Um, I believe this game is going to throw, all of these games are going to throw in at uh, 12 at, at night. <laughs> Looking at the times here, by the <laughs> So there must be all floodlit games. Um, first one up, obviously they're at quarter to eight. Um, so that's just a little typo. But it's Navin O'Mahony's versus Gail Column Kills, the town derby. Navin O'Mahony's v Gail Column Kill. Look, I, I, I have to say it's going to be a Gail Column Kill win. I, I think so as well. O'Matney's just 
are not going at all well at the moment, are they, Mickey and, and Gil Colm Kill? Despite stuttering in recent weeks, the damage might only be one defeat from three come exactly. Wednesday night, and that wouldn't be a disaster at all for the Kells boys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, um, Colin O'Brien, take that and put in his pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Um, another one that you'd imagine will probably go to script is Summerhill um, they play host to Curraha on Wednesday night yeah absolutely like um, resurgent Summerhill after a couple of really bad games at the start they've beaten Gail Column Kill and then they won again uh, last week against Dunhamore Ashburn is right so yeah I'm going to go with a Summerhill win here um, over Curraha yeah. Um. Next one again, probably one for for the for the favorite backers. It's between Manalvi and St Peter's Dunboyne. Yeah, there'll be there'll, again. This would be a local derby of sorts. Um, if Dundry and uh, uh, Dundry and who did you say was a, a Dundry and Longwood? Longwood can be, yeah, yeah, Dundry and Longwood. I suppose this would probably be one. Um. Yeah, but I can't see anything other than a Dunboyne win here. No, I, th- I think they're almost a full throttle, really. And, and Manalvi have done yeah. really, really well to contend with all the lads. They have unavailable. I think they've won three games already, but I, I can't see this being a fourth one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So both going for a Dunboyne win there. And then the final game. This is a local derby. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they'll meet in the championship as well later in the summer. It's Dunshockland and Dunmore Ashburn. Dunshockland and Dunmore Ashburn. Yeah, this one, again, this is a hard one because Dunshockland put it up to Gail Cullen Kill, scored 117 last week. Um, they will have a few players starting to get back into their side as well. Um, they'll have the minors, um, last year's minors and whatever, available to them. Dunhamer Ashburn, the Jekyll and Hyde, as we said, of of, of senior football. Um, this is a hard one to call, Davey. Um I, 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 do you know what? I'm going to give Dunshockland the win. I'm going to look at the form guide. I'm going to go for a Dunshockland win here. Yeah, so am I, Mickey. So am I. I. Luck. <laughs> you should have asked me first, but no, I, I agree. I, I think, I think there's, they've been very close to pulling off a stroke in the last few weeks. And, you know, as you say, with the boys coming back and slowly but surely being back and integrated into the side and, Marty Riley will want to get those 20s, a bit of football before the championship. He won't want to go into a senior championship and not have blooded these lads prior to that. So yeah. I think this is a good opportunity to do it and he may well throw three or four of them straight in. The only thing is that you're saying like, you know, they've become very close to making that upset and whatever, but they've been doing that for the last year or two, very close to getting that upset and losing by a point, two points, three points or whatever to some of the bigger names. Um but I'm going to stick. I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for this one. I think. I just think they're starting to build a bit of momentum, and, and maybe it is time that they got that victory, and especially in a local derby over Dunham or Ashman. Cool. Yeah. Go on ahead, Davy. Uh, next one up is between Wolf Tones and Ratoth, two of the powerhouses of senior football. Wolf Tones and Ratoth. Ratoth reinvigorated by the the boys coming back into the side. Wolf Tones flying. Um, where do you where do you go here? Um, getting, and it's and it's a home game for the Tones. Yeah, well, Tones are home. and they love scoring goals when they're playing at home. Um, I'm going to go for a Tones win, Davy. Okay, I'm going to go with Toth. Um, yeah, I, I just think would. with the McGowan's back and uh, Keen Rogers has also dropped away from 
the hurling panel as well. Look at it's regardless of what you think of that, they're definitely going to be an addition for the retote lads. So um, yeah, I think yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah, they'll get another win here. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, don't have to worry about visas or COVID protocols or quarantining or anything like that because they're at home this week when St. Column Kills make the marathon trip over. My God, how far is that, Mickey? It's some spin. Uh, yeah, I, I believe after their game last Wednesday, they started making the trek towards Balnebracchi at that stage. So they did. Um, Fucking hell! Uh, what even? What route would they go? Like where? <laughs> yeah, like is, is there? Is, like, did Get you it up on Google Maps, there, will you? Ah, oh, Lord, yeah, yeah. You, look, you, you, you preview that game. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go lay down to Balnebracchi. Yeah, I am. Um... God, I don't, I don't know where to start with this one, to be honest with you. Um, so Colm Kills have been going okay. Balnebracchi, obviously, we're not quite sure where they're at. They've been competitive in all of the games to date so far, but um, they haven't exactly just been able to pull off the results. Um, I'm going to go with St. Colm Kills, I think, just about. But I think Balnebracchi won't make it easy for them. Well, I'm going to go for a Balnebracchi win as I just wait on my phone to, to let me know how far it is. Davey's going for St. Column Kills. I'm going to go for Balnebracchi. Um, we'll come back to that now in a minute because it's not... There it is. It's it's an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, Christ. It's, a hundred, it's 108 kilometres. <laughs> <So this, laughs> I knew uh, that would be... That, that's probably one of the biggest disparities, is it, between distance between two clubs? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it must be. And do you know how you, do you know how it brings you to Balnebracchi? Go on. It brings you to Dublin and then out the uh, M4. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to. So you'll have, you'll have what will you have? Two tolls, three tolls, two tolls. There'd be there'd be one or two tolls along it anyway. Um, and and the funnier the funniest thing is that if they do go the shortest route, it's actually longer. So it is in, in time wise. That's that's just it's an hour and twenty if they try to come via, we'd say Navin or something like that, or via the M3. The tight um, lads will do that, but uh, the lads <laughs> who want to be there and have the less driving and less hassle of meeting all sorts along the way, they'll go the the toll route. Um, yeah, well, well, I've gone for a Balnebracchi win, and you've gone for a St. Colin Kills. Like, how are the lads even going to get there in time for that game after if they've been working all day? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a Balnebracchi win. Okay, um, Sanchelstown and Screen, another tough game to call here. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, I think Sanchelstown, you know, they're they're starting to get a bit of momentum, and Screen again, just you just don't know what you're. Getting. I'm going to go for a Screen win though here. I'm going to go for a Screen win. Interesting. I thought you were. Full, full sure on the Sanchestown one, but uh, no, I'm going to go Sanchestown. I think they've been strong enough on their own patch, and screen are just really inconsistent. So it's hard to know what you're going to get from them. From yeah, the but that's exactly it, yeah. Um, but I'm, 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 if the the screen that we know um, turns up, then you know they'll they'll give Sanchestown their fit of it. But again, Sanchestown making great strides at the minute and could easily, easily um, win this by five or six points as well. Final game up in the cup competitions next week is in Group B of the Fresh Cup, and it sees your own Simon St. Gales traveling to the Fianna. Well, Davy, I you know me, I'm going for a Simon St. win here. 
Yeah, I, I will as well. I think they're going well. Uh, Nafina haven't been, again, Nafina are missing a few bodies, which will be, you know, integral to them when they do get them back. But for the minute, Simonson operating on, what would you say, maybe 90, 95% of a full panel at the moment, they should have more than enough. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and then the refix game, Simonson and Balanabraki would be the only one from that group. I think, um, if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Davy. That's it, Mickey. That's all the games next week. Excellent, excellent. So, Davey, I think what we'll do is we'll move on now and we'll do the lottos for the clubs. Yes, so obviously with the early recording time, I've kind of given the uh, the PROs a little bit of an extra warning because some do kind of stagger in at all sorts of times on a Sunday night. But uh, one that's never late, in fairness, is Dunshocklin and Royal Gales. Um, and they still continue to to roll on with their €13,000 jackpot, which wasn't won. They had four match three winners last week who all collected €50. Two, seven, 12 and 16 were the numbers. Uh, next draw is tomorrow night, Monday, at half eight, live on Facebook. Um, you can play that one on Club Force. Reserve, by the way, is at 12000 on that one. So their jackpot is at thirteen. Reserves at 12000 Wow. Mad. There's um, 25000 of jackpots ready to go. Yeah. Um, but again, their their, la- their last jackpot, I think, was two and a half years ago when it was won. So, crazy stuff. Um, Manalvi are another long-standing jackpot. Theirs is currently capped at 10,000. The reserve increases to 6,000 this Monday night. Uh, you can play it online at manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. 20-year winners last week were Willie Byrne, Andrew Rooney and Martina Corcoran. Minolte, um, still the biggest in the county of Mead at Present, uh, no jackpot winner last week. They had five match three winners who collected 40 euro each. Zeta, McCarroll, Fiona Smith, Ashlyn Donahue, Eddie Coldrick, and Paul McCabe. The numbers drawn were three, four, 10, and 13. They had one special online prize who received 50 euro each. That's John Farrell. And next week's jackpot is a uh, lovely 15 grand. Um, the reserve increased by 200 each week, by the way. It's 6,400 euro currently. Um, speaking of 6,400 euro currently, that brings me to Blackall Gales, and that's exactly what their lotto jackpot is at present. Next draw takes place on Monday 12th, which is tomorrow night. Dunsany GFC, 6,450 euro. Next draw takes place on Saturday, so not till next Saturday, next weekend. Navada Mahnis, um, Short enough this week. No lovely graphic telling me who won what and when the next draw is and how you only have an hour to play their lotto every week. They've just said Navla Mahoney's 7,400 euro on Tuesday at 9pm. Yeah, look, uh, again, it's about time that Colin stopped with all the waffling and just get straight to the point. You know, a lot of ways, it's this amount and it's on that night. End of story. Don't need any more waffle from Colin O'Brien. Okay, and that brings me to Corton, <laughs> which has loads of waffle on it. Uh, <laughs> I'll try and summarize it as best I can, Mickey, but we had no winner of our 5,300-euro jackpot. 520-euro winners being Michael Codd, Fiona Mackin, Linda Whelan, Andrew Kavna, and Martina McHugh. Andre Rourke was the winner of our Sligo retro jersey. Numbers drawn were 16, 22, 25, and 29. 5,400-euro next week. You can play it online at cartongacom forward slash lotto. Uh, Kilmainham, 6,500 euro at the moment every Monday night. Oldcastle GFC is 12,000 next Wednesday, playing on Club Force. Clonard GFC, 6,400 euro. 
live on Facebook every Monday night at 8 p.m. And um, that is it. Um, Minolte have just updated me with theirs. It's still 15,000 euro. The reserve still increased by 200 euro, and it's currently at 6,600. You can play that one on Club Force. Yeah, they've got 21,000 of jackpots ready to go as well. Uh, just in there now is the Simonstown one. The jackpot of 6,200 was not won last week. And there was three match, three uh, winners, Moya Dooley, Emma uh, Maroney and uh, Niall Forn. Numbers are on 123, 25 and 30. And you can do the draw, uh, you can do the lotto on Club's app or go to any of their social media. And then the final one that we have in is the Central Centre GFC lotto is still at 10,000. It wasn't won last week. It takes place every Monday night. So the next one is Monday the 12th. And they have five lucky dip winners. Uh, of 25 euro each when it is not won. The maximum jackpot is 10,000 and it reverts back to 1,000 if it is won. The lotto can be done online on their Smart Lotto account or again, as they always say, if you want to go to any of their social media pages, you will find the link to their lotto there. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we missed out on a couple of fixtures, I suppose, that are coming up this week. And we'll do them before we go on to our Instagram interactive. And the first one up is on Thursday evening. And it is, of course, the Mead under-20s. And they are taking on Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. And it would be very very remiss of all of us not to speak about this game. This game is at 7.30 on Thursday evening. It's in Park Tolchin. It's meet against Dublin, the old foes. And wouldn't it be absolutely brilliant? It'd be an unbelievable omen if our uh, minor hurlers could beat Dublin on Wednesday night, our under-20s could beat the Dublin under-20s footballers on, on, on Thursday night. And then, of course, we've got Mead taking on Dublin. Um, in the Leinster semi-final um, next Sunday, so like you know, like this could be a, a real week where we put Dublin back in their box. So hopefully, Mickey, and and this is going to be an interesting one. We're not quite sure of much about the under twenties. To be honest with you, with the new management of Barry Callaghan and, and Sean Kelly going in there, we're not sure what sort of squad the, the lads have. Have they trimmed it? Have they added to it? And um, what we do know is there's probably going to be a handful of the Mead miners who were defeated at the weekend by Derry that probably will be in and amongst us. They may well feature, but I'd imagine we'll have four or five potentially on that panel. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I can't wait to see the team on this. And look, it's not been an ideal um, last few weeks and probably preparation for the lads, but Dublin and Navin, I don't think there's any bigger of an incentive for those Mead lads to go out and, and give a performance. And, and let's just see where it takes us. I'm looking forward to this one, though. Yeah, um, me too. This is going to be a really interesting one. Um, as you said, the, 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 the build-up and the unrest in, uh, within the county board end of things or whatever, or if you want to put it that way, um, losing Bernard Flynn and his management team hasn't been uh, great. But in fairness to them, they, they appointed a new management team um, as soon as they could 
and um, it's it's an awful shame that everything couldn't have been worked out. But look, it is the way it is. And Barry Callan and the lads have come in, and um, yeah, we haven't heard much. Everything has been fairly under the radar since then, Davy. It has, yeah. I know. I know they played. Um, they played a couple of challenge matches since. Um, but I haven't heard too much information, which is sort of from a management perspective, what you want. You want to try and keep as much in-house as possible. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Dublin had a, what you'd say is an unconvincing win over Wicklow last week in the under-20s, Mickey. I think they won by four points. Um, not a classic, but what it would probably tell you is either Wicklow are really good or Dublin maybe aren't what they're made out to be, but... Like that, and we know from talking to Bernard in recent times as well, he was saying, you know, Dublin put all of their focus into the under-20 competition. They almost disregard the minors for what it is, and then they do the major work between under-18 and, and 20 level. So let's wait and see. Hopefully, from a Mead standpoint, we can close the gap because at under-20 level, we've been really dominated by Dublin in recent times, um, despite yeah. getting the better of them at, at, un- at under-17, under-18 level for countless amount of years now at this stage. So... Um, it's a big one and it's at the end of the day as you say it's a Leinster semi-final so great opportunity to get into a Leinster final yeah absolutely uh, well to get into a Leinster final it's, it's straight they're in the semi-final at the minute mm. um, so yeah to get into a final it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant so um, looking uh, ahead then to the weekend Davy Rispin it is uh, next weekend Mead and Dublin on Sunday um, uh, in the Leinster semi-final so um, Davy uh, is it Saturday or Sunday? It's Sunday, Mickey. Sunday the 18th of July. Sunday the 18th. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, today is the 11th. I'm like, going, what, what is going on here at all? Um, uh, the, the, it's a double header in Crow Park, obviously. It's going to be Kildare and Westmead at 2 o'clock. It's Mead and Dublin at 4.30. And Davey, looking ahead to this one, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm loving it at the moment. I, 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 I love this fixture. Now, Talk to me on Sunday evening at about uh, seven o'clock and, and ask me if I'm still loving this fixture. But at the moment, I'm loving this fixture. I think all the unrest in the Dublin camp and around the Dublin camp um, about Stephen Cluxton, um, I think is absolutely ridiculous and they don't need it. You can see from their game against Wexford last week that you know maybe all is what not well in the camp and whatever. And, you know, what is, how do you gauge this game? What is a victory for me in this game? Is a victory only a victory, or do we take moral victories out of this game? It depends. It depends what way you're looking at. If you, if you want to be bullish about it, you can say absolutely. You know, we, you know, win. A win is what we're looking for. Um, if you want to be looking at the progression side of things and saying, right, where are we now versus where we were at, you would say, right, give give a good account of ourselves, get close to them, and um, make a game of it, and and see what happens. I suppose and. I think after last year's Leinster final, that would, you know, um, indicate progress for Mead. But you're right. I, I genuinely don't think Dublin are the force they were. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to keep harping back to it, but, you know, under the Jim Gavin regime, none of this would be happening. You know, mm-hmm. none of this kind of fallout or, um, you know, it, even with the Cluxton thing, even him going out and playing with Parnells last week in a club game, it's, it's mad and there was photographers at that game expecting him to play for Parnells and, and that he did and, and that's even used. Maybe it's a deflection tactic. I don't think so, to be honest with you. I just look at them and you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing Brian Howard, for example. He's one of the best half forwards in the country. 
They have him in at centre half back, completely out of position. Kieran Kilkenny and Conor Callahan, one playing at 14, the other playing at 11. Again, it should be the other way around. There just doesn't seem to be the same functionality in that squad and a bit of unrest. So, yeah, let's, you know. You, oft, you often get that with a manager when he comes in. Um, you know, and like you're coming in, Desi Farrell is coming in to probably the greatest team to ever play Gaelic football. We Let's just you know, say it as it is, like, and, and that's what people say. Uh, you know, and why is he tinkering with it? Why is he trying to change it? You know, managers come in and they try to stamp their own authority on, on a team or to put their own stamp on, on a team even. And, you know, like, what's worked well for Dublin and worked really well for six years, you know, why would you go in and try and tinker with that and change it? Now, look, maybe he was, it was just something that he was doing in that quarter finally knew he was going to get the victory over Wexford in the end. Um, and maybe they'll revert back to type now, but I just think that there is a little bit of, and for Dublin to be the most professionally um, organized team in the G, in GA history and everything that we've seen over the last eight or ten years with them and their professionalism do they do they really think that we believe that they don't know what's happening with Stephen Cluxton no I, I think everybody knows but why don't and, and I know the type of character and, and personality Stephen Cluxton is and that's fine so if he's not going to come out and say it let Dublin come out and say it or let Desi Farrell come out and say it like you, you have to remember these lads won in All-Ireland last year under the stewardship of Desi Farrell like, it's not as if this is his first year. Like, it's his second year on the back of winning in All-Ireland. It should be yeah. a clockwork. And I know what you're saying about the Wexford game, but at the end of the day, when they play Mead on next Sunday, they're only four games away from winning in All-Ireland. So Leinster semi, uh, Leinster final, All-Ireland semi and All-Ireland final. It's not the time to be tinkering. You don't actually have time. It's not as if it's a big, long campaign. And that's okay to do in the first couple of rounds of the league. But like we're in we're in the Leicester semi-final. Like we're, you know, so thankfully from a Mead standpoint, we don't have any of that. We seem to have quite a settled team or settled panel at the moment, too. So we know what's there and, and what we have. Um we should be close enough to full strength, you'd imagine, too. Like um, you know, hopefully we, we might even see Ronan Jones back involved in some capacity as well, which would be a huge card for me. But like looking back to the Stephen Cluxton thing, I think we have to um we have to try and use that to our advantage. If it is coming yeah. from going to be in goals, he's no Stephen Cluxton. We all know that. Like, and he, Cluxton has destroyed us for the last number of years with his kickouts and restarts and everything like that. I think if me, they're aggressive enough on the Dublin kickout, there's definitely um, scope to get a bit of joy from that, I would say. Like yeah, Wexford did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, just... just uh, Really, really harry them and, and 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 give them problems and whatever. It'll be an interesting one. Look, they're going back into their into their um into their home in Verticamas, um of Crow Park. But look, it is it's it, it's a free hit really, and it's a free hit at a time when Dublin may be a little bit unnerved and maybe a little bit edgy. So if the lads can you know just get up for it and get in, stay tight, and who knows what will happen. I think that anything under an eight-point loss is, uh, no, I don't want to take a moral victory, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it is, it's progress, let's just say. It's still disappointing. 
um, because we want to be as good and uh, as Dublin, but like you can't you can't just do that overnight. Um, it's going to be a really interesting one. It's meet against Dublin. It's next Sunday at uh, four thirty in Crow Park. So um, that game is going to be on GA Go as well for anybody who can't make it to the game. Davy, we will uh, move on now to our Instagram interactive. And because, yeah, yeah we, we should let our listeners know we've recorded this early on uh, uh, on uh, on Sunday morning. We usually do it on Sunday evening, but uh, it is the holiday season. So we're trying to get a good run at the Sunday afternoon and to take the Sunday evening off. Um, uh, so, so Instagram, maybe we haven't had as many people getting involved with it this week. No, and I'm sure Paddy Stapleton is still in his bed, tucked up, enjoying his Sunday morning lie-in. So uh, he's actually yeah. missed out. So there's no Instagram for PS Tapes this week. But uh, Robert Perfield, uh, up and at them good and early. And he says, Miners, absolute credit to themselves. Gave us all something to look forward to in these difficult times. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, um, how many of those guys are underage again? Um, there's, there's four or five, Mickey. You know, like, and that's that's yeah. going to be huge. So it is um, for for this year's minors and whatever. And no, an absolute credit, and we are so proud of all of them. And um, it just wasn't to be their their day. And you know, had had injuries not happened to certain players and whatever, you never know what could have happened. But yeah, we are so proud of them, and, and the bright futures ahead of them. Um, Ellen Blake is next in and she said Joe Blake absolutely and she has two fire emojis she's also tagged St Bridget's right and uh, I think she was probably on it uh, when she tagged them but she didn't actually tag St Bridget's of Balnacree she tagged St Bridget's community Vancouver an emerging Christian community in the Anglican <laughs> tradition where faith is nurtured discipline ship pursued and questions are honoured Oh, so did she mean that Joe Blake was going to hell with the fire emojis? Is that what it was? And that's why she she brought in the evangelicalists, uh, whatever they are, the evangelists. Yeah, uh, gas. But uh, look, in fairness, three five speaks for itself. Even if it is your sister sending these in, and she is the PRO in St. Bridget's, he's uh, i probably doing well. Did you see the text I'd... from Randy McAtee as well? By the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, ring me. <laughs> Um, but um, uh, yeah, I'd say he robbed his sister's phone. There's no way she's sending them. Sure, yeah. Um, next one in is from Shane Mulvaney, and he said, "Ladies, very unfortunate. Superb yeah. effort." Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you know, we've spoken about the progress they have made. Uh, not even year on year, not even season on season. We're talking week on week, and these girls are growing in confidence, and and they have to take great um heart from that. Uh, game against Cork not the loss against Cork because to me that that, that that's they should be so proud of themselves Absolutely next one is from uh, Dara McVan and he said Mead minor hurlers I think the minor hurlers are out on Tuesday evening Mickey in Trim if I'm not mistaken mm, The Mead minor hurlers Yeah uh, they're, No no the quarterfinal against Dublin is on Wednesday at 7.30 in Park Tolchin so I so, think I think the minor hurlers are out too on Tuesday. They're another one to add to, oh, the, this, to the calendar. Yeah. So this year's this year's no, minors. Yeah, this year's minors play on Tuesday. Are I you believe. on about the under twenties? No, no, the minors. That's what I'm saying. The minors are playing Dublin on Wednesday at six seven thirty in Park Tolchin. Uh, no, I, I, no, the the minors. <laughs> I said minors. 
quarterfinal um, of the Electric Island Minor uh, Hurling Championship. Okay. Look at the screen here. Sorry. Fourteenth yeah. of the. Not the under twenties, though. No, this is the minors. Oh, sorry. Apologies. This is when, the minors. When are the under twenties out? That's a good question. Um, I haven't seen. Maybe that's what they were on about. Was the was the under twenties? But no, because um, I saw the Kildare bet Wexford in the under twenty Leinster Championships of the did. Um, so that's something we look into. We look into the under twenties and try and figure that out. Yeah. What date is? I, the, I have date? it. You have it. The under twenties play in trim on Tuesday against Wicklow, <laughs> uh, and it'll be streamed on MeGA TV. There we go. So our uh, under twenties are out on Tuesday night, and our minors are out on. I knew. I knew there was something. Yeah, jeez. Who's uh, who? Are the, who are the under twenties playing on Tuesday? Did you the under twenties are playing Wicklow okay. on Tuesday okay. interim. Yeah, only two hundred, I think, can go to that as well because it's a smaller venue and that's smaller venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. Gav McVan just said own frame goat. Yeah, look, he's been fantastic. Um, one one. Uh, out of Meads one seven on on uh, on Saturday, and uh, yeah, look, he's he's got a bright future, and he'll be he'll be going into maybe the under twenties panel, and if not, he'll be back with Summerhill team that are having a bit of a resurgence at the moment, mm. and could it be interesting to watch him playing uh, football for the senior team this year? Yeah, two friends in the Summerhill Summerhill forward line It'd be interesting yeah. to see the dynamic there. Um, Joe McQueeny next up, and uh, probably following on from that, he says, "Any of those minors going to play under twenty on Thursday?" Well, again, we haven't heard much from the under twenties camp, and, and and understandably so. I suppose the lads are, have had a short run in with the team, so they've been preparing. Um, I'd imagine that maybe two. If not three of them, maybe uh, going in to boost the panel. Yeah, like you'd imagine the senior players probably in, in this year's or last year's minors, own friend, as you say, Mickey, would be a standout name. Connor Gray would be another one, but we're obviously not obviously. sure about his, his fitness. Injury, yeah. Um, the likes of Adam McDonnell and Kieran Caulfield, probably another two that might stand out. But but again, we're sort of only speculating in the minute we don't know. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, I think, on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one in is from Anthony Ford, and he says, any truth in David Toner coming home from Canada for the Dublin game? <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, uh, he's on a plane as we speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anthony Ford is over there, and he must be sick of him already, so he must be mad to send him <laughs> back. But uh, yeah, obviously he played in the Leicester final last year, but... Um, yeah, different different uh, setup this year. Tom O'Connor said, "Has Mickey been shown David's latest Instagram post so he can share his views on it?" Yeah, what is it, Davy? Go on. What uh, was it? It's it's a picture of me playing football with a fantastic tan. <laughs> was it was it uh, uh, photoshopped in or, or what? No, no, it's the tan is real, um, and that started off a frenzy now of questions about about it with. Jelly weighing in, and he said, "What's Rispin's tanning tips of the week?" I'd say it's bottle and ten euro and uh, some sort of a, a cushion or something to rub it on. Is that what you? Is that the way you do it, Davy? Three words, Mickey: working from home. <laughs> in the conservatory with the oil on. Yeah, I can see you doing it all right. <laughs> um, 
next one is from Peter Duffy. He said, Rispin on the beds or on the spray-on? Yeah, yeah. Look, the, the, we all know that there's no way you'd have time to be um, out there tanning yourself like that. So spray or it's a machine, one or the other. It's that's fake news. Um, it's fake tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Serious abuse. And there was like under the Instagram post as well. I got bombarded by comments by these fellas, pure and utter jealousy from the likes of Peter Duffy and Go. Like you know. Um. Anyway, Peter Duffy, if if he keeps going the way he is, like all of his freckles will join together, and oh, he'll be no. very very sallowy. So he will. Oh, he'll hate you for that. Uh, <laughs> the final one, I think, is from Jack Nolan, and he just said, superb win by the hurlers. Absolutely. You know, and take nothing away from it. They, these lads have, you know, they've suffered enough this year, um, you know, at the hands of some heavy defeats. And, like, they, they were getting demoralised players leaving the panel. And to put in that performance against... You know, Kerry side that have had the hoodoo over us for the last number of years and to do it in the manner that they did, you know, in the second half was just absolutely brilliant. And and it gives them a great boost of confidence going into that relegation battle against Kildare. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's all from Instagram, Mickey. That's all from Instagram. I think that's it for, 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 for this week, Davey. Have you anything else you need to bring to the podcast? Nothing, nothing on my agenda, no. Okay, well, we wish the under-20 hurlers the very best of luck against Wicklow on Tuesday in Trim. The minor hurlers the very best of luck against Dublin on Wednesday in Park Tolchin at 7.30 in the Leinster quarter final. Um, uh, really looking forward to that one. And, of course, to um, the men's senior footballers who take on Dublin in the Leinster semi-final next Sunday in Crow Park. That is definitely going to be an absolutely... Uh, well, I won't say a cracking game, but it's it's one that we just can't wait for. It's going to be 4.30 on Sunday um, afternoon. Before we leave, uh, Davey, really disappointing that a Dublin Mead Leinster semi-final has not been shown live on the television. Just shows you how far uh, or how much things have changed in recent years. It is. It's very disappointing, I would have said. But GA Go it is, and that's a huge coup for them. I suppose they're going to have probably record numbers watching that. And I think there's going to be 18,000... Um, people in Crow Park for the double header. Now, I'm not sure how that distribution of tickets will go. I can't imagine it'll be an even split four ways. However, um, I know the Mead clubs have been contacted to let the county board know how many tickets each club requires, and they will try and facilitate that request by dishing out the amount of tickets, and then they might have a few in general sale as well. So hopefully a good number of Mead supporters will get to Crow Park for this game. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great to see. Um, you know, it's not going to fill Crow Park, but 18,000 people in Crow Park for two games, it would be a nice little um, uh, crowd spread out across the bottom two tiers, I'd say, or the bottom tier around the whole field of, of the Hogan stand and of the Cusick stand, and maybe in there behind the hill or um, or in behind the, the uh, down the canal end as well. It'd be absolutely brilliant. Well, look, that's it for this episode of the We Are Mead podcast. And don't forget, um, we have our Loyal Royals podcast going out this week. We, as we said, the Hurlers Review um, with Nick Weir and Jaxie Regan doing the interviews, John McCarty and Adam McDonald from the Miners, and we'll be doing a minor review as well. And we have, our, again, we're doing another in our 10 best series. It will be Trim's turn this week. So, um, anybody out there who wants to sign up for our loyal ones do so by going to patreon forward slash we are me we are me why 
Might as well. <laughs>